sports wagering is on the way to North Carolina in 2024. But what is it going to look like? Carolina Hurricanes president and general manager, Don Waddell, he'll explain to us what it'll look like at PNC Arena. Well, at least he'll explain to me. I think Gilio is going to try to convince Don Waddell to give him his own couch at the sports lounge. Speaking of hockey, North Carolina high school hockey broke out this spring. What's the future look like? And is there a future for DeAndre Hopkins and the Carolina Panthers? All coming up on Ovius and Jillio. Uh, here we go again. We know y'all be listening. The OG back and better than it's ever been. Blast from the past. You know that our pace is fast. And if you want to sub, we got something for you to smash. Five stars with them positive vibes. Don't miss a beat. Week to week, you just gotta subscribe. Even if your team's got you hella mad, don't worry, we write our prescriptions on a yellow pad. So settle in, y'all, this is gonna be fun. Cause when it comes to hot takes, two is better than one. From beard to the canes to the ACC, who knows more about this than us, the OG? Let's podcast live from the Eford Studios, Empire Properties in downtown Raleigh. I'm Joe Ovius. That's Joe Giglio. And it's done. The Nugs are your NBA champions. And we've had enough time to process the takes, right? We've had a full day of takes. Dynasty, Joe. Dynasty. Is Eric Spolstra, do we overrate him? That was an actual headline I saw on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max immediately following the NBA Finals with the Nuggets getting it done at five. I told you this was going to be a gentleman's sweep. I commend the Miami Heat, man for literally dragging Denver down to a very physical level to the point where it almost worked. It almost worked. They frustrated Jokic and the rest of that crew. It was, as the kids would say, a rock fight. I think Gojo, uh, Michael Jr. probably put it best. It looked like a game of recess in the way that things were playing out. And Jimmy Butler almost forced a game six and uh, two really bad plays passing when I had no idea why he wanted to pass. And that turned into like, a, you know, a way to worthy moment in the middle of an NBA finals game. And he chucked a shot that he did not need to in crunch time. And now your Nuggets are your champions, a first time champion in the NBA. Let me try to get this straight because I'm still confused over the narrative. Mm-hmm. And this is a long running theme that you and I go back and forth. About. Oh, yeah, I love narratives. The end of the regular season, you and I like to disagree. I say, man, I want you breathing fire. I want you entering the playoffs at the absolute tip top of your game. Don't give me any of this fooling around. Oh, it's not a big deal. We're going to lose. You know, it, it's, it doesn't matter, right? Sure. Oh, okay, sure. It does matter. All games matter. <laughs> so let me try to get this straight because yeah, Denver was the number one seed in the West. Therefore, they were the best team yeah. in the West. They lose three games down the stretch in completely inconsequential fashion for the team's overall success. Mm -hmm. However, it turned into a referendum on Nikola Jokic and it ultimately cost him a third straight MVP. Now he has said all of the right things about being passed over and the, and the whole nonsense with Kendrick Perkins saying the only reason that Nikola Jokic was the MVP even once was because he was quote unquote white. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But now in the in these playoffs, Jokic led the led all everyone in the playoffs in points, rebounds, and assists. Mm-hmm. Is there an, is there something else? Like I know there's like an analytic nerd out there probably screaming, you know, whatever number they use in basketball. Like what else is there? What, what exactly is he supposed? What else can he do 
for people to just, that's the only narrative I would like to go away. It's because that, that whole thing about him and the MVP at the end of the, at the end of the year yeah. and basing it on meaningless losses to like Portland and Dallas, like who cares? Mm-hmm. So they were, they were already the number one seed. What do you, what are we, what are we wringing our hands over? And, and as, as if it's not an 82 game season. Right. Right. So that's the only thing that I would love to go away. Because I thought the way that he played in these playoffs was authoritative. Yeah. It was assertive. It the whole was team dominant. was. The whole team was. The team is built around him. And yeah. their team success is contingent upon his ability to do all of the things that Malone puts him in the position to do. Great job by him. Malone, their coach. Great job by their ancillary players. Uh, we finally got the Michael Porter Jr. game last night. <laughs> I, I told you it, it was coming. It took a while. I told you going. it was coming. I mean, how, many 16 shots, and 13. how many shots did he check up? He had 17 last <laughs> night, but 16 and 13. Okay. He was obviously uh, an effective player. For them. And then, you know, Jamal Murray and his health. You know, yeah. we saw this in the bubble. We saw what he could be. And he, he's one of my favorite players in part because he's on my fantasy team, of course. Of course, of course. Um, but to see him have to get back to running this year, like, you know, he could walk. Mm-hmm. You saw that during the regular season, but you saw him hit his full stride. You saw him hit his sprint in these playoffs. Do I think this is, a, I do not think this is a dynasty in the making, but I do think this is now a team like Milwaukee. I do think this is a team like Boston. I do think this is a team like Phoenix and ba- I base Phoenix off of Booker, not Durant. That's going to have a chance when the tournament starts next year and same thing with the Sixers. Yeah. Those are the, I, I like this portion of competitiveness where the NBA is right now. It's almost NFL, NFLian, if you will, because it's not just the Lakers. It's not just the Celtics. It's not just Jordan's Bulls. Mm-hmm. It's not just the Spurs and Pop. You know, I can't, although I can't wait to see what Victor Wembanyama does. They're getting, the another, they're getting another generational talent, right? So, so yeah, I think the NBA is in really good shape. And we, we, speaking of hand wringing, we, we have a lot of that about the regular season in the NBA. Well, what does it really matter anymore? You know, yada, yada, yada. And the NBA has figured out social media. The NBA has figured out a, a way to have their fans follow the sport mm-hmm. without this granular, you know, daily takes about the pick and roll and elevator screens the, the and problem, three the, second violations and the problem whatever I have metric. With that, Again, man. I don't even know what the metric is for, for basketball. The, the problem I have with the way that kind of stuff is constructed gets back to how I opened this conversation in that. You know, we can't just recognize, man, enjoy the pure dominance that we saw in the postseason by the Nuggets in general and mm-hmm. Jokic himself. And this idea that, well, we can't just in like, this. It's a feature and a bug, so to speak, in that you can recognize dominance. Jokic plays in a way that is almost fascinating for some, but also boring for others. Mm-hmm. And I can see why it's boring for others. But the bug here is that be, because he doesn't, He's not, it's not because he's white. Okay. It's not because of that, because we have to recognize he's not quote unquote white. He's He's, not a great white hope. Right. He's Serbian. And in this country, we'll treat that thing a little bit different. Just watch any movie from the late eighties and early nineties, please. Exactly. So that factors in, it has more to do with the fact that he is an introvert who plays basketball. Kawhi Leonard was in the same boat. Okay. Kawhi Leonard was not about like he became meme worthy but not because he wanted to become meme-worthy. It was unintentional comedy. Hey, hey, hey. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, when people believed, uh, there was like a, somebody had made up a, like a, a practice report of Kawhi Leonard where it was something like, you know, the garbage man, you know, gets buckets or whatever it was. Board man gets paid. Yeah, that's right. Board man, thank you. Board man gets paid. 
that wasn't real, but people believed it because Kawhi was just that kind of eccentric kind of person. Jokic is in the same boat where after the game, he's being interviewed and his general attitude is like, yeah, you know, tomorrow's tomorrow. Like you just won the NBA championship, but that's just how he's built. And that's okay. Not everybody has to play that game. There's plenty of other people that you can get wrapped up in. You can get wrapped up in Tyler Hero wearing a Bass Pro Shops jacket if you want to. It's there for you to do. Right. It's there for you to do. Jimmy Butler, he's about that life. He's about that life. And that's what makes him a fascinating watch, which again gets to the other part of these narratives that that drive me nuts. There's the feature and the bug. And this in the same postseason, we can go from Eric Spolstra's not getting his due, which I agree. Totally. To, to because they didn't win this championship, they didn't win the bubble championship. It was, well, are we overhyping Spo? Y'all, they were literally minutes away from losing the playing game. Minutes away from losing that. Well, they game. lost their first play. They lost game. the first one, but they were yeah. minutes away from getting out completely. <laughs> right. Okay. And Jimmy Butler literally takes over. And Tyler Hero's injury comes into play. They need three-point shooters, kind of key. They didn't have them. The guy stepped up. There's great stories like Caleb Martin. But Jimmy Butler was the secret sauce here. And he had a bad sequence. He had a bad game in a crucial moment. I mean, he lifted him up. He put him within one in the first place. He got the good and the bad of Jimmy Butler. He made, some two, he made two bad plays. That does not mean that Jimmy Butler is somehow, you can't, he can't rely on him. He's literally dragged two Heat teams to the finals. And they beat... In my opinion, they beat the two best teams in the NBA to get to the finals yes. in Milwaukee and Boston. So, uh, yeah, that's silly to even evaluate Spolstra at this point. Now, I get the original the original criticism, yeah, uh, which people love to mistake, which is, well, anybody can coach LeBron. Well, anybody no. can coach Jordan. No. Well, anybody can coach Kobe. No. No. <laughs> no. And no. So no. yes, yes, those titles and going every year to the finals that LeBron was there was impressive. The bubble, you know my opinion of the bubble. That was pure basketball. Yes. So if it's pure basketball, well then how can the coaching not affect pure basketball? Yeah. Which obviously it did. And then this year, beating the teams that they did, short, quite frankly, shorthanded, mm-hmm. you know, that that says a lot to me about putting your players in the position to win games when it counts the most. Housekeeping. Congratulations to James. Graduated. You were you you sold me a bill of goods, man. What happened? You made it sound like James, you know, it might not happen. Maybe he'd be like an intern for us. <laughs> Proud of the kid, man. Proud of the kid. In typical you and me dad conversations when we lament our children and the things that they're not doing. I was like, oh no, nah, James is fine. But he did it. I saw the pictures. Yep. You were at graduation yesterday. They got that thing down to like a machine, man. Graduation oh, is a machine. The Wake County efficiency, man. It it truly is a machine. Congrats, though. Class of 23. They they um they had a big day yesterday, so it was fun. No, that's very, very cool. So congratulations. Uh, how was Jess, by the way? Is she like a mess? It, I think more of the prep w- was tough for her. Okay. And then she said when she heard pomp and circumstance, oh, she boy. started crying. Uh, uh, but you know this, you know. I like to say I never knew what love was until I saw Jessica hold James for mm-hmm. the first time. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, uh, yeah, they might like you. <laughs> no. Your spouse might like you, no. but they don't, that unconditional love, which is truly in an instant, the, the instant that they hold them, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. And it's obviously very humbling. Uh, so yeah, she's, she has been very emotional. For I good bet. reason. I bet. But yeah. I, it's funny. I think it was Scott Wood who said, James will be the one who goes away to school, but comes back. There's, there's no doubt. You're right. <laughs> like 
you have, you know, you have two sons. He's like, yeah. you know, like he'll be back. He goes, Jackson is going to go away to college and never come back. Yeah, like, you will Caleb. never see Jackson. Again. Caleb's never coming back. I said, yeah, you're right. You're right. So Jackson's the one to get upset about because James will be back. And I have a bet with James. I actually have a $10,000 bet with James that he will be living in my house at the age of 25. Oh, I, he owes you 10 grand. <laughs> we have a $10,000 okay. bet I've, one way or the other. Yeah. I've told, I've told Caleb. Yeah, dude, when you're 18, either you're going to college or you're figuring something else out because you ain't living here. Well, straight up. But I think that's for you and me when we were coming out. Like, what, what did you have to put down in your house? I think I had to put 2% down on my house uh, or something. I think it, three at like the height of the Fannie Mae. Yeah, you know? I wanted to say, I wanted to say like we ended up having to put like 10 10% down. Mine was definitely single digits. Yeah, different different time. Mine was definitely. Because you so, bought your house. You, you bought your house way earlier. Yeah, so it's like, well, how, I don't, I'm not saying, I'm not, when I say to James, I think you're going to be living with us at 25. I'm not saying it in, in a negative way. I, yeah. It's more of a realistic way. <laughs> like, what's going to happen that you're going to like stumble? And I and the, the the parameter of the bet is my sister's house doesn't count. My sister Jamie's house doesn't count as yeah, moving out. Like, you have like this Gilio compound. <laughs> we do. Uh, out at the golf course. So you have you have all sorts of places that he can crash. It doesn't necessarily have to be your place. Well, no. We, we've already established the parameters okay, of, right, of the wager. See, I, I, I'm, I, I don't get sad about ends. I get sad about the start of something. So like when the kids were off to kindergarten for the first time, I was a mess. When it was time to take them to middle school, total mess. When I'm dropping Caleb off for his first day of high school, I was a mess. By the end of it, I'm like, all right, let's get to summer. I'm done with it. Like, there's no like, cool. It's over. Awesome. Let's get to summer. Let's keep this thing moving. When he starts school again, both of them, I'll be like, oh, sad. So I don't know how I'll be at graduation, though, in the future, because it's coming for me quickly. Mm -hmm. High school goes by quick. It does. High school goes by real quick. Now, if James comes back, I know who you can holler at if you need to find him a place. Absolutely. Barry Woodard, my uh, hometown reality, realty, my HTR.com. Com, myhtr.com. Barry's got you. Riley Garner, Clayton, Selma, Atlantic Beach. They have more than 250 agents. Mm-hmm. When I tell you that Barry and his crew are not fooling around when it comes to residential, commercial, and rental properties, they are not fooling around. Go check them out. It's myhtr.com. Now, do you need a lawyer to knock out the parameters of the bet? Is there a contract yes. here? You can contact Whitaker <laughs> yeah. and Hammer. They can. You, you can both sign it. Say, hey, look, you know, you have to put the you have to put the little uh, qualifiers in there too, as you as you said about which house it could be. Yeah, once it becomes legal in the state of North Carolina, <laughs> I'm sure we could come up with a wager that my friend uh, Josh Whitaker can can. <laughs> legally stamp for us. Go check them out. WH.lawyer. Very convenient. Josh and Joe, uh, more than 20 years experience. They have all the locations. And guess what? You, you're selling a business, starting a business. They're the guys you want to go to. Buying a house, selling a house. They're the guys that help you out too. Josh and Joe, they can do the, they can do all of the legal tricks for you. WH.lawyer. Now, uh, James is going to be in the eastern part of the state. You, you might not know this, but Wilmington is actually one of the hottest in the country, not just in North Carolina, hottest in the country when it comes to startups. And you can find out more with Network for Entrepreneurs in Wilmington. Check out newilm.com. Again, that's newilm.com. Uh, there's a new tech startup that just raised, I want to say it's nearly $3 million uh, in funding, and they got six open text jobs. Ohanify uh, is the name of this place. Jim is very excited about this. He's been retweeting it. Uh, it's yet another example of how Wilmington is one of the places in the country. Uh, the state's already friendly for new businesses. North Carolina is already friendly about that, but Wilmington is one of the hot spots, and you can find out more at N-E-W-I-L-M. 
or N-E-W-I-L-M.com. Move on. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline is the president, general manager of the Carolina Hurricanes. And look, there's plenty of off-season things that we can get into. And I'm sure that Don Waddell is going to tell us how the contracts are all going to play out, what he's offering, you know, how this, how's the Sebastian Ajo negotiation going to go? Who's the, who are the goalies going to be? These are all things he would tell us on a normal basis. But Joe, you and I are talking to Don today because we want to know about gambling. We have priorities. <laughs> we have needs. So, so Don, welcome. I mean, thanks, thanks for coming on today. Plus, and, we already negotiated with Dundon. So, <laughs> I mean, honestly, Don, I'm not even sure what you're doing. Yeah. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you guys. <laughs> All right, so the the, the gambling is finally coming through. Uh, we don't know the exact start date, or the, maybe you do, and you can tell us that there seems to be some nebulous ideas to when this thing's actually going to go online. Sometimes it's January, sometimes it's twelve months from the signing. I guess it depends on the lottery commission. So this is not sneaking up on you. This is something that in the last two years has been a process. Now that it's it's going, what did that do for you and the Canes? as it relates to sponsorship opportunities, what this sports lounge is going to look like? Well, obviously we've had lots of discussions with a lot of players in this field. And, you know, until we knew what the bill was going to look like uh, and how it was going to come into final form, we really couldn't do much. We could uh, entertain the calls and we know all the interested parties. So we'll put up the RFP in the next uh, week to 10 days and give, uh, everybody 30 days or so to get back to us. And then we'll probably do some uh, one-on-ones with presentations and so forth. But, you know, as you mentioned, the lottery commission is uh, writing the, the, the regs on it. And, you know, to me, uh, the sooner we can get it done, the better for all of us. Uh, but we want to make sure we're prepared to go first. Uh, if, if that's possible, I think everybody's going to be doing the same thing. So uh, we hope to have our partner in place here in the next uh, couple months because there's lots of planning to do, you know, where are we going with it initially? You know, we got enhancements in the building, which there's a great plan for building out the sports book, but temporary, you know, how, how do we go about that? Do we do it inside the building? Do we do it outside the building? Those are all things we have, we have to have a partner in place before those decisions can be made. So the sooner we get to it, the better it will be. Don, I have full faith in your hockey decisions, right? These are things you all know. Contracts, yeah, I get, I get all that. Being nice to Dundon, cool. What do you know about running a book, though? <laughs> like, <laughs> when you say partner, you mean someone's going to come in there and run that thing? Yeah, we 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 obviously can't operate the book. That's part of the okay. you know, we'll, we'll bring in one of the big players, but uh, you know, negotiating the deal. Uh, you know, we have all the deals that have been in place with other sports teams. So uh, I think the landscape's changed a little bit the last few years, probably not in our favor, but, uh, um, you know, for us to get the right partner, you know, because we want to do it as a full-time, you know, uh, food and beverage, you know, we want to operate that. We think that's a nice uptick for us also. But, you know, again, it's the, the whole idea is it's sure the money's important, but it's the attraction to get more people, make this more of a destination place to come to PNT Arena. Uh, so there's a lot of factors that go into the decision. Uh, you know, you got to be careful because it's just not a, a money grab because you got to make sure you get the right partner that's going to be progressive uh, in the marketplace and in the state uh, to get as many uh, online uh, signups as they possibly can. Don Waddell joining us here on the Easter Automotive Group Hotline. 
president, general manager of the Carolina Hurricanes. Gambling's coming. So we're kind of curious how it's going to look. You said, you know, you got the renovation plans uh, that have been long simmering, marinating. And I, I got a basic idea of where you could put a temporary sports book. I mean, uh, what is a box office in 2023, 2024, right? I mean, that's that's an easy place to have people walk up and, and make bets, I guess. But what is the current holdup or, I mean, I feel like we've been talking about renovations and projects around the arena. It goes even before the stadium series game, when uh, there seemed to be a lot of movement with the Centennial Authority. We talked to Tom Dundon about this a couple of weeks ago. Where, where do things stand right now with finally green lighting things that this building needs and then the lease agreement kind of getting knocked out? Right. There's been lots of discussions with the CA. Uh, you know, it's the interlocal uh, hospitality tax, uh, which was set up back when the arena was built. And 85% of that money is supposed to come for uh, arena enhancements and the convention center. So um, there's been lots of dialogue. We felt that by the end of this month, we would know the number. Uh, we didn't know the number before. You know, we have lots of plans. We have 70 different uh, opportunities within the building to do different uh, build outs. But until we know the number, you know, every project's got a, a number assigned to it. Once we know what the number is from the county and the city, then we can go through that list and say, this is most important. This is least important. So we were hoping by the end of the June, but I think now uh, from what I heard yesterday, we're probably into the first week or, uh, or two weeks of July before we have the number that's going to be committed to uh, PNC Arena. Are you a spreadsheet guy? I am. Okay. So how did, I think of you as still as running the thrashers, right? Yeah. When I see your name, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's the guy who ran the thrashers. At uh, what point did you feel comfortable understanding any of the infrastructure with NC State, the Centennial Authority, the government? I mean, it's like it's like a it's it's Russian. I mean, it, you're talking Kremlin politics here, man. Yeah. The, the, the good thing is when I came in in 14, you know, just as the president, like the first four years before Tom bought the team, I focused solely on the business side. So I got I built those relationships uh, understand the politics of the, the, the uh, of how things work, and not only internally uh, with the Centennial Authority, um, also the city, the county, uh, and, and we'll throw the state in there. Uh, so I had that <coughs> good experience, I guess, from the start. That now has led me to be able to sit down, you know, and work on negotiating our long-term contract, as you know, our lease agreement here. That was all weekend last weekend. So you know, there's a Lots of moving pieces to uh, uh, try to keep this ship going forward. Tom Waddell is joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Another thing that you, you mentioned when you got here in 2014 and things that you had to change. I know. I hope you know I, I lightly poke you when it comes to things like beer prices. It's not, it's not anything <laughs> that is any, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I'm not griping about it because I know what you're trying to do. You're, you're trying to make some money. Um, how... As you've gotten here in 2014 to where you are today, other than the winning aspect of it, what do you think was the biggest retraining of consumer behavior that you had to implement when you took over? Uh, honestly, I, I go back to, I can remember my first week in town here and I was at a couple of establishments uh, having dinner and uh, I remember talking to people and everybody was aware of the hurricanes, but nobody cared about the hurricanes. Um, you know, they've gone through some great runs, obviously winning the cup in 05, 06, playoffs in uh, 9, 10. 
the passion in the community was lost. And I can remember my first couple months here meeting with our senior leadership group. I said, something's missing here. You know, we have to reconnect with the community. And we really made a, a, a big effort. You know, even you go back to uh, 14, we did $22 million in ticket sales, which was one of the lowest in the league. And even by 17, before we ever got to uh, the run we're on right now, we were up over $30 million. You know, we, we had reconnected with the community, with the businesses, telling them why it was important to uh, support the hurricanes, but also it was important for us to get give back in the community, which we took a big step in those efforts starting in, uh, not that they had completely stopped, but I think they had slowed down. So we re really started to reconnect doing a lot more things with our players in the community through our foundation. And so it, we were heading down a path. And then, and I always said, we can't count on winning just to build our, our, our franchise and our revenues, all that. We have to find a way because you're not going to win every year. Mm -hmm. So we were in a good position uh, as when Tom bought the team, obviously as a team took that next step, we were already ready to take advantage of that. You know, we go from, from 17 or $30 million tickets to over $50 million this last year in ticket revenue, you know, that's the biggest increase in the NHL. You know, we've had lots of these discussions with the NHL has ever seen. So um, I think it's a combination of, you know, we want to be, we don't want to be the sports team in the community. We want to be part of the community. Is it easier to be a cap team, a cap ceiling team or a salary floor team? No, it's a, I went through the ladder for 10 years where I could sit those beans and say, spend as least amount of money as you can. And now, you know, we're fortunate to have Tom that, you know, if the cap was a hundred million, we'd spend a hundred million. Right. So uh, that that's, you know, Tom, Tom gets criticized because he doesn't live in the marketplace. You know, he's got a family of five in Dallas. Uh, but what Tom's done for this franchise, uh, this franchise would never be where it's at today if it wasn't for Tom Dunn and, you know, committing the money, investing uh you know as you know he's very passionate about our team the players he cares about winning cares about the players and i think that's gets overlooked a lot a lot of times in this marketplace uh because if tom hadn't stepped in i'm not sure this franchise would be still in raleigh as we sit here today no i i, I don't disagree with you and from your perspective i was just kind of curious because there's there's different math you have to understand when you're bumping up against the cap. And I don't pretend to understand uh, the the average nature of it and, you know, putting somebody on long-term IR versus, all right, can you stack, like we've seen in previous years where you can stash a guy and suddenly all this, they, they show up in the playoffs. So I feel like there's a different level of math that you have to execute season in, season out, and you find yourself in that situation again because y'all are coming up on a very crucial year for a core group of guys and their contracts eventually running out. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, just to back up on that, you know, the cap was 82.5 this year, but I think we spent over 90 million on our payroll because of the interest with Patch Ready and and certain guys that uh, you still have to pay these players and they get hurt. Uh, but you're, you're able to uh, put them on long-term injury and stay away from the cap. So saying that, you know, as we move forward here, you know, those, those discussions have begun with some players, not all players, but some players, you know, and what, our big selling thing is we got something good going here. Uh, we want to keep the band together, as I call it, and as, as long as we can. We know that's not going to be possible with every player, but as many players we can keep together, 
you know, uh, I think we're on a pretty good run right now that we can continue for the next four or five years. You know, we're, we're relatively a young team and that's nothing against Brent Burns and Jordan Stahl, but you know, they're great athletes that are going to continue to play for multiple years. So you look at our core of our team, it's still a pretty young team. So, you know, you know, Aho, for example, you know, he's a must. We have to get him signed. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's got one more year left. And, you know, we're hoping that that number is just something that we can fit into the cap as it goes up. Uh, but, you know, I've talked to uh, Sebastian. I've talked to his agent uh, multiple times about, you know, we can't put ourselves in a position where we become like some teams have done. And I'm not knocking it by choice. They do it. But when we become a two or three player team that, you know, is making, you know, that 10 million plus number, you know, that just doesn't work in the salary cap world. So we're hoping that, you know, the players and the agents hear what we're saying. You know, again, it goes back to if I was trying to run it by a budget, they'd have a strong argument. But we know we're going to spend the cap every year. We're going to spend, we're not going to put any money in Tom's pocket from the cap. We know we're going to spend it. So we're hoping that, you know, in time we'll get some of these guys locked up before uh, before uh, the season starts. So, you, you know, we can cross that off our list. We'd love to react to the most recent thing, but I wonder if there's anything that you'll take away from the, this potential title by Vegas. Because I'm looking at it and I'm going, you know, they, they've been really good and consistent, but they haven't been able to have the ultimate success. Obviously, they've been to the finals before. But it feels like they've had some disappointing exits, but they have these really consistent regular seasons. So I wonder if there's something that you look at that and maybe even say to Tom or just to Rod, like, hey, if they could do this, this is this is a path for us, for us to put our names on the cup. Uh, no doubt about it. You know, I think, you know, our, our team's been built uh, from our defense out. You know, we think we've got one of the best defense in the league. You know, that's why we've said, you know, obviously, yeah. Uh, Lucian Shveshikov down the stretch uh, hurt us, but, you know, that's a different story. I'm not, I'm not sour about it or anything. That's just real, reality that you have to live with. But as we talk about going into the summer, we are talking about goal scoring. You know, you need to score goals to win hockey games as, as, as much as you can. You know, we're coming off a, a great season last year, but we can't be satisfied. We didn't, we went to the final four. We didn't win the cup. So, you know, the, we're always looking to improve your team as a general manager. You know, I'm talking to every team in the league about is there something out there that makes sense we're not going to make a trade just for the sake of making a trade we don't need that but if there's a upgrade that we we can help uh, our situation we certainly got to look at that you're officially a triangleian now you said final four final four yeah yeah, yeah like you're a basketball <laughs> like you're here I, I i learned my first one of my first meets uh <laughs> when I was here in town was i called i, I loved being in raleigh and i was interrupted and said don't ever say that again say you live in the triangle <laughs> <laughs> Don president general manager carolina hurricanes we appreciate the time uh we appreciate the carolina hurricanes helping us out uh since we've been doing this independent project you rod Moore, tom dundon uh jordan stall continuing to put up with Gilio's nonsense which is another important reason he's he needs to come back yeah absolutely we're working on jordan jordan's going to be a hurricane for life so We'll get that done here in the next little bit. And uh, really appreciate you guys having me today. All right. If it's DraftKings, blink twice. Just knock. <laughs> <laughs>
tonight's topic, please. Once again, big thanks to Don Waddell for joining us here on Ovius and Jillio. You, you, you really want a spot in that in in that lounge, don't you? I mean, I would prefer, yes, but also okay. I, I have a feeling, just a hunch. Mm-hmm. But whoever is going to run the book out of there is going to be interested in in advertising. I think you're right. Maybe even a potential title sponsor, like the OG presented by Hard Rock Cafe. You, you might be on something. I mean, you might be on it. Just just putting that out there. Just putting feelers out there. Throwing it out there. The best part about all of this is that we can bet. You, you can make a wager. I, I can make a wager. We're not NFL players. We're not NFL coaches. Uh, we're not in the building. We can do whatever we want. Uh, the NFL recently put out some new guidelines to better educate everybody now that they've had this rash of suspensions, uh, most recently an Indianapolis Colts player. Uh, our friend Mike K over at the Charlotte Observer got this email. He covers the Carolina Panthers, and the email highlights details on 2023 NFL gambling policy. Don't bet on the NFL, period. That's, that's number pretty, one. Number one. That, that's a pretty easy thing to to remember, right? Includes other NFL events such as the draft. Why, why would you gamble on the draft? Inside information. Yeah, I guess that's true. The comp. You can bet on the combine. I did not know that. We're we talking forty times, probably. I'm actually shocked you didn't know that. I did not know that. Well, now that you know, <laughs> who are the degenerates gambling on the Pro Bowl? I have bet on the Pro Bowl. What's before. wrong with you? I have issues. I okay, mean. and NFL honors. Apparently, you can bet on the. Uh, yeah, I have too. bet on that before. <laughs> You can bet on the MVP. All right, that's that's fair. That's fair. Uh, don't have someone place a bet for you. Don't ask family, friends, significant others to place a bet for you. Don't gamble. No bets on sports, casino card games, at your team facility stadium while traveling for a road game or staying at a team hotel. This is what's been getting people in trouble, that these bets for other sports have been happening at team facilities. Right. That's a no-no. Even though it's legal. Like we saw this with the Lions, right? Yes. They, there's plenty of legal sports books in the state of Michigan. Mm. They figured, oh, I'll just bet on the Alabama game this week and they get popped. This is just understanding the rules. This kind of reminds me of the Major League Baseball with their steroids. Yeah. Right? Like it was like, oh, I took this supplement and I didn't know. And it's like, well, no, you got to know. You, you definitely have to know what you're putting in your body. Don't share inside information. Don't share information that has not been publicly announced by your team. Don't enter a sports book during the NFL playing season. Makes total sense. Don't play fantasy football. That's been around for a long time. And there's additional rules applicable only to coaches, staff, and personnel. Don't bet on any sports. They've got that underlined and everything else. And I, when this when this topic invariably comes up, I feel like th- there's a real quick reaction, a knee-jerk reaction from folks on social media and on sports talk radio and on TV to say, this is hypocrisy. You know, the NFL is taking all this gambling money and they're popping these guys for uh, for doing something that normal people can do. Well, well, yes, there's reasons for this. And I, I, I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall, Joe, when we talk about gambling and the pushback against it, what's happened in the NFL over the last couple of months is, and what happened in college baseball, by the way, mm-hmm. is gambling, legalized gambling, doing its job. Correct. And I don't understand why that's a hard concept for people to grasp. This it's is what doing you its want. Job. This is what you want. Yes. Why is that? Why are people having a hard time with this? Well, it's like you said, the easy target, right? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, you're going to take all this money. It's kind of like the NCAA, right? They give you this whole thing on a on a printed bracket sure. that's, that's like sponsored by their corporate <laughs> champions, right? Coca Cola and everything else, right? As if the reason you're printing out the bracket is you know for entertainment purposes only. You're not entering even a five dollar pool, yeah. You know, and it says on um, like don't bet on it. It's like, well, 
cool. You could say that, but that's not really the reality of the situation. Yeah. But you're just a fan. You're just someone following along. Mm -hmm. When you're a player and you can affect the outcome of these decisions, or like I mentioned, have inside information, you'd be surprised how much these guys know. Of course. Okay. Especially when it comes to their old schools. They, they, they keep their ear to the ground. They, they're, or they're at the practice facility when they're in town. They talk to their former teammates. They talk to some of their former coaches. You know, like right now, if we wanted to get Virginia's playbook, Mike Glennon could call Des Kitchings and talk to Des for get it right now. That, you know, he could. Okay. Because that's one of his former coaches. That's mm-hmm. somebody he knows. And, you know, you, you keep in contact with people like that. So you can't have people running around who can affect the outcome or who have information about how a game is going to be played or personnel. That's, that's what drives me crazy about college football and a little bit about the NHL. I want actual injury reports Yeah, because the more inside information you have, the more susceptible you are to getting a lopsided wager mm-hmm. or getting a situation where the Alabama coach, the actual head coach is like, no, wait a second. My starting pitcher is not going tonight. And I know this and he bet against his own team. Mm-hmm. Like that's, Pretty lousy. Sticking with the NFL, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is doing a tour. Uh, the old Arizona Cardinals wide receiver is, uh, you know. Is he even that old? He's 31, I think. Okay. He's an, he's an aging wide receiver. God, I love point. Nuke. He was on my ACC fantasy football team. I got a real quick he one for you. Back the day. No, no, I have a real quick one for you. I love yeah. this. Because this goes back to the time I was in a hole in one with Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> so after I hit a couple of good shots, you know, we're talking a little bit. And I said, you're going to find, speaking of getting inside information. Oh, boy. Okay. I said, uh, you might get a kick out of this, but I actually play ACC fantasy football. And he goes, oh, really? You do that? And I was like, yeah, we, you know, we keep the scores by hand. Patrick yeah. Stevens uh, is, is like a spreadsheet genius. I said, it, it, it's a real thing. I said, but the, you, the person who usually wins is the person who has the best Clemson receiver. Mm-hmm. I said, so what do you got? Who's going to be your best receiver next year? What do you got for me? And he goes, well, we got a guy. He goes, his name's DeAndre Hopkins. He goes, they call him Nuke. And he goes, you know how you love Jericho Cotri? I was like, yeah. He goes, he reminds me a lot of Jericho oh, Cotri. He geez. goes, everything you throw, he's like, he's not the fastest guy in the history of the world. He's not the biggest guy. He's like, but everything you throw to that guy, he catches. And I was like, okay. All right, sure enough, I took Nuke. And I ended up winning. <laughs> the, I ended up winning the, the league that year. And I was like, ever since then, I'm like, Davo. You're my guy. You're my guy, man. Are, go are, you still playing, are you still playing ACC? Is that, does that thing still exist? I tried it once. You guys kicked me out. Yeah, you you were I was uh, terrible. indifferent. Um, no, you weren't terrible. You were just indifferent. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Nuke is 31 now. Uh, yeah, we are. It's tough, though. Because, again, with no injuries, yeah. all of a sudden, you're like, oh, well, I mean, during the pandemic, it was bonkers. But, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, so-and-so is not playing this week. Brennan Armstrong is another is a great example. Like, there are a couple games with Virginia where you're like, oh, is he going to play? And then... I lost because he didn't play one week. I'm going to have to get him on that because I, I talked to him last week. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Um, Law of the Wolf. So I'm excited to uh, dip into that realm. So Hopkins is doing this tour. I think what he was in Tennessee, if I remember my social media following recently. Bill Belichick spoke on it. Uh, Bill Belichick even made a, a little joke uh, at the most recent Patriots press availability. During oh, really? OTA. So he's like, look, I'm not his travel agent. <laughs> uh, so they, they, they've essentially wanted to kick the tires on it. What Mac Jones, who, by the way, is in a very fierce quarterback competition oh, with no. Bailey Zapp. Uh, no, that's legit. I can see that. I mean, I still think it's kind of funny that the guy they took uh, early in the draft and somebody whose position is, is Mac Jones the best quarterback out of this class? Did the Panthers make Tom a Brady? Is he the next Tom Brady is in a fierce competition with Bailey yeah. Zapp. But Mac Jones has talked about how he'd love to have DeAndre Hopkins here. Now, 
How does this relate to the Carolina Panthers? Well, Scott Fitterer, the general manager of the Carolina Panthers, famously said, we want to be in on every deal. And when you see the opportunity that the Panthers have in the NFC South to win that division with a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young that people are very high on, obviously, and you've already made some pretty interesting moves at the wide receiver group to replace DJ Moore, whether it's Adam Thielen or DJ Chark. Well, hey, here's this veteran who who, who can produce. And it's like, uh, let's wait here a second. He's been hurt. Yep. Uh, the last two years with Arizona. He was suspended, too. And he was suspended. And there's some issues as it relates to his work ethic, which I hate. I hate when that kind of stuff comes up. But what Mike Reese was on ESPN earlier this week, where he talked about DeAndre Hopkins and the reputation he has for not wanting to practice or not necessarily putting forth the best effort in practice. He's a game day player. Now, I get that. I mean, there are some people who don't like to practice and turn it on uh, during the game. It's, it's kind of like me with prep, you know, like, you know, let's just do a show and I'll turn it on then. Right. I'm kidding folks. So I, I, and this is not, he's not the first person to say this. I think it was like cats, cat scratch reader who put together like a, a, a compilation of all the times NFL insiders had pointed out that DeAndre Hopkins didn't exactly put the most who effort in practice quarterback the last three years. Was it Kyler Murray Kyler was Murray, hurt right? all of last year and then he was too. suspended for well, I think what are we talking about? I here? think there's I think there's two things with the with the Panthers though. Kyler Murray, who also doesn't like to practice. <laughs> well, I mean, they famously <laughs> exposed the fact that his contract had a video game clause in it. So yeah, uh, maybe it's more about maybe it's more about the Cardinals than it is about the players. I mean, who who's to say, right? But as it relates to being 31, I don't know. It's a young man's game. It is. As it relates to the Panthers, though, I don't see where it makes a lot of sense. One, he's probably looking for a, a decent contract and a Super Bowl contending team. As he's, as you say, thirty-one. There's only so many, uh, only, only so many, only so many miles left on the tread, and I don't know if you'd want to throw that into the mix for Bryce Young, and what I feel is a very systematic way the Panthers have gone about constructing the team around Bryce Young. Okay, and that is putting veteran receivers around him that can help him grow, and so far. As you know, it's going to be Bryce's team. And I don't want to say that I don't want to say nondescript guys, but they're not the big shiny objects that people around the league will obsess over, like an Odell Beckham Jr. Hopkins is one of those guys that people will obsess over. So it's probably not, not I don't I wouldn't say it's, it's a good fit for both sides in this case, especially if Hopkins is looking for a Super Bowl contender. That is not what the Carolina Panthers are going to do. I'm sitting here just talking about playoff contention for the Panthers, not Super Bowl contention. If they had gone and gotten Hopkins before Chark, I would say, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, but between Chark, Hurst, Hayden Hurst was my favorite pickup of the entire offseason for the Panthers. Yeah. I love a tight end. A tight end is who's going to help a rookie quarterback the most. Uh, Thielen was great. I thought you nice scratch off with the Mingo pick mm-hmm. in the second round. I thought that was a really smart pick. So they have guys. And then Miles Sanders is a guy who's familiar with Reich's type of system in Philly. In Philadelphia, you know, Philadelphia, I, mean, Philadelphia, I, yeah. I get it that he wasn't still there, but there's something there sure. with, with the way that Reich and um, Doug, why can't I think of Doug's name? The coach down at uh, Jacksonville right now. Uh, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. You know, So he's familiar with how they're going to play offense mm-hmm. and they're going to use him in the right way. Still have Chuba Hubbard. So there's guys on that roster that I think are going to make big moves. That would, that would kind of like adding him. You, it would almost be like Robbie Anderson 
where you bring him in and he makes a play and you're like, oh, then all, then you're like, well, why doesn't he make that every game? Why doesn't he do that every game? And it's like, well, that's not how football works anymore. Yeah, no. Unless you're Justin Jefferson, right? And, and he's not at the Justin Jefferson stage of his career. He's at the maybe every th- third or fourth game, he'll, he'll pop one for you. And I don't, I'm not saying that he wouldn't be helpful for them, yeah. but I'm just saying I like the other moves that they made. And I don't think it would be at some point as we talk to Don Waddell and we learn about salary caps and, and decisions and, and roster management. You might want to add a hundred receivers, but you can't. <laughs> it's not fiscally responsible. Yeah, you fiscally cannot do it. We're moving on. So I feel like it's officially summer and uh, people are hanging out at the pool. Maybe they're going out to the beach or taking vacations, or maybe you're doing a staycation. I know one way to elevate your staycation game, and that is to hit the butcher's market. Uh, locations across the triangle. We know I got my home base there on Millbrook and falls of the noose. Uh, The signature steak tips are always money. That's what they're known for, but they do subs and low key sides. Uh, If you're, if I don't want to call it lazy, I call it being efficient. If you want good sides to go with the steaks, they got prepared sides like the Mac and cheese. You can add the bacon to it. They got those. They got like a pesto pasta salad. And of course there's that vegetable medley too, which is always money. All those things at the butcher's market, go check them out. Yeah, the butchersmarkets.com. Go check them out. They have a steak of the month membership right now too, Joe, because it is Father's Day on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I know I know their the natural tendency is to go is to go buy some golf balls or a golf go shirt or a hat. Bring the meat. No, meats. no, no. Go to the butchersmarkets.com <laughs> and join that steak of the month membership. You get a free uh, free. You get a fresh, never frozen hand cut steak every month, part of your deal. First one in July, a 24 ounce Tivo. And Breeze Through also sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Uh, they got what 17 different breeze throughs and uh, we talked about the PNC arena one because of tailgating, but there's one right by Walnut Creek. So with the summer shows that are going on, you can drop by there, pick up some goodies, pick up some drinks before you start tailgating for your show. Or if you're just on that road trip, you can get supplies, get gas, kind of important, but get supplies too for that road trip. I know I'm going to be head out on a road trip this week uh, over the next 10 days. That's going to be a lot of fun. And Breeze Through can definitely hook you up. Yeah, Cary, Apex, Smithfield, Garner, Pittsburgh, Hillsborough. Listen, you name it, they're there. The Breeze Through crew has you covered no matter where your summer plans take you. What's up next? What's up next? So, Joe, you know Caleb is not exactly one to go to sporting events. He's in marching band at Enlo. And that's because Kelly and I have been very much like, you got to do something. All right. And if you can't think of something, well, guess what? It's marching band. You're pretty good at trumpet and other musical instruments. Regardless. But all of a sudden, he didn't want to go to a football game other than he had to march. He didn't want to go to any sort of basketball games. But all of a sudden, he hits me up. He's like, hey, man, uh, can you take me to to the factory out in Wake Forest? I go, why? You like go ice skating with some friends? He's like, no, no, no. Enlo's playing a hockey game. I'm like, excuse me? Enlo has a hockey team? When did this happen? He's like, oh, it's, it's first time this year. So I started poking around. Sure enough, there's high school hockey being played. This is the first time it's happened. It's been a, it's been a bunch of kids that said, let's do this. Let's let's start these club hockey teams. And it's pretty deep. There's double-digit teams all playing each other. The crowds have been pretty good at Wake Forest at Avenza Line Arena. And joining us now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, the head coach of not just the Ice Pack, but also Middle Creek, Tim Healy joining us now. Tim, what's going on, man? Not too much. Great, uh, great introduction. Yeah, it has been wild explosion of high school hockey in the last uh, couple of months, but really it's been a long time in the making. And I think, I think the coolest thing about this whole thing 
is that it's all student driven, right? It is all kid driven. Um, and adults have talked about it for a long time down here, but they could never make it happen. The students themselves made it happen. And if you really go back, it was a group of students out of around the Gibbons team that really pushed this. And there's been some good adult guidance, but it was really them. And sure. you know, Steve Esmeali and uh, Brian Pincola, Wally Vikas, all, you know, pushing this off the ground. And it's, um, it almost went viral. It started with six teams originally, uh, which is kind of fitting in hockey when you're talking the original six, Wait a right? So Wait a minute. Is there a North Carolina original six now? Yeah, we have it. You know, so Gibbons and Holly Springs and Green Level and Leesville and Apex and Wake Forest. And that was your core. And then it exploded to 18. And wow. um, so that's been really exciting. Now, I think the one thing, all these buildings almost all nights have been packed. I had the uh, pleasure of coaching against the Enlo team in a, in a packed building at the Raleigh Ice Flex. And mm-hmm. I think we need to stop being surprised in Raleigh and in North Carolina when we have sold out hockey events, right? This is at this point, this is who we are. We, our community loves hockey. They can't get enough of it. And it's just been exciting. So Tim Healy's joining us. He's the head coach of NC state's club hockey team, the ice pack and middle Creek high school. And yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you, you and, uh, and North Carolina's club hockey team played, what was it like? What was the final tally? The unofficial tally, like 24,000 people showed up at Carter Finley stadium for a free hockey 26 game. 26 plus. 26 plus. Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Okay, no, 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 no. Hey, hey, take all, <laughs> take all the numbers. Cause it kind of helps prove your point. So I guess the, the part that I was curious about is I guess the, the dynamics of hockey versus other sports, right? So hockey is expensive. I know this because uh, I have a son who plays hockey. Scored uh, maybe the nicest goal against my daughter's team this spring. This is this is true. He he finally punched through. That 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 goal was a long time coming, man. A long time coming. <laughs> but um, it, it's as I've kind of gone through this youth hockey journey, I'm realizing just how limited ice time is, how expensive it is. It's it, the barrier for entry to get this thing going is pretty high compared to say basketball or the infrastructure that we have in North Carolina for other sports like football. So, you know, when you say it's a long time coming, what would you say was the biggest barrier? Is it, is it something as simple as there's not enough sheets of ice in this area? I think a couple things. I think there is that there is certainly the ice issue, but I think there is also the, <clears throat> some of the adults that were pushing for it. were trying to push for it in the winter, mm-hmm. which just, that was never going to happen. And once it became in the spring, it really and people came to that conclusion and the students pushed for it. They got the teams together. They brought it forward. And I have to give a lot of credit, too, to, to Mike Baxter up there at <clears throat> Wake Competition Center in Polar because he actually made it pretty easy for the kids once they got going, one-stop shopping. You put it in. They supplied the refs. They supplied the insurance. They supplied the timekeepers. So there was that when they came forward and there was this momentum for it and viral. It's like, okay, so how do we put a little bit of structure around it for it to happen? And I think the other thing, too, in this spring was everyone was wanted to see a little bit of proof of concept. And mm. certainly there's proof of concept. And I think the exciting part is we know it works in the spring. You actually do have the ice in the spring. Rates are nominally cheaper in the spring. I'm not going to say they're a lot cheaper in the spring, but they are cheaper. But the ice time availability is there. And that's certainly the biggest thing come spring. I was going to say, you said the biggest barrier. I'm sitting here thinking... It has to be money, doesn't it? 
Well, I mean, baseball, baseball's expensive. Baseball's expensive. Baseball's just as expensive. Insurance-wise? What do you mean insurance-wise? It's actually playing. Oh. Aren't you in charge, Tim, Isn't or as a parent or whoever, in, in charge of actually getting the player to sign off to play? Well, we answer? are. Well, I mean, we are. The nice part is the way that the insurance got rolled up in here for this. It actually ended up only being 250 per team. Now, part of that is we weren't playing a lot of games. I think next year you'll see that go up. And, you know, next year the conversation is about a 10-game season in the spring. I think looking at that, your budget-wise would be – because you're still not going to do a ton of practices, probably one practice, one or two games a week. I think your budget-wise next year will be somewhere between 7500 and 10000 which isn't cheap, don't get me wrong. Um, it's not cheap at all, but it's, it's doable. And, and they showed this year, I mean, some teams got up to seven games this year. We got up to three, um, and this kind of ran out of time in the spring. I think next year, looking at doing it from the end of March, ending up before Memorial day, I, I think this is exciting. What you're going to have and, you know, WRIL and overtime plus, I was actually talking to someone last night about it on a Friday night and then not too distant future. You are going to have Wake Forest playing their rival Heritage mm-hmm. on a Friday night in Wake Forest, and that venue is going to be full. At the same time, you're going to have Green Level and Green Hope playing in WCC Invisalign, and that venue will be full. At the same time, once we get Holly Springs open, you'll have Holly Springs playing their rival Middle Creek, and that venue will be full. So we will get to almost like a Friday night light thing very soon where you will have three venues all full around the same time, which is exciting. Tim Haley is joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. He's the NC State Ice Pack coach. He's the high school coach at Middle Creek. And I occasionally see him around for Junior Canes things. Um, I was going to say, I guess we can go full disclosure here because Jacob's new Junior Canes squad is actually coached by Tim's goalie coach for the Ice Pack. See, hockey's a very, very tight community, uh, as I'm coming to find out. Like, everybody knows everybody at some point. And this is my way to lead to how do the Carolina Hurricanes fit into all of this? I've asked you about the Carolina Hurricanes in relation to the ice pack. I mean, I can't imagine that the Hurricanes, who are these are customers, <laughs> better hockey, uh, more of the culture coming through means more people wanting to go to games and invest in the Carolina Hurricanes. So, what's their what's their role in all this? I mean, can we envision a situation where you know you can have high school games uh, being played at PNC Arena uh, once the Canes are out of the playoffs? I, I mean, I, I think so. You would have to ask Shane Willis that, but I think Shane Willis would be supportive, supportive of it. And Shane Willis already has been supportive of it. What I can envision is around Philadelphia for their high school championship, they have the Flyers Cup. I think it may have been changed out of the Ed Snyder Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not, it should be. Uh, <laughs> if any Philadelphians out there will appreciate that one. Um, but I could see something where the Canes getting behind it and the high school champion is the Canes Cup. Uh, similar that you have in Philadelphia and some other places. I think Nashville actually has the same thing. Um, you know, as far as getting at PNC, that's a little bit dicier, right? Um, it would be dependent upon the Canes having a long cup run because we're yeah. talking about finishing around Memorial Day because spring does make sense here. And I think that's where it will stay. Um, and so you'll have, so I could see the Canes getting invested in it that way, uh, the promotion of it, the PR of it. They've already certainly been supportive of it with helping with uh, up there at WCC. So I think you could see them getting involved with a sponsorship of it. We obviously it would be great to have the finals at PNC. That's always a little bit, even I know from getting our game scheduled at 
PNC for NC State, there's a lot of factors that go into it. And so it's not as easy as I think people think sometimes. You know, if you have that, you know, you had Stevie Nicks in there in, in May, right? Like, and that's going to be scheduled out long before our yes, long before, so right. have those. Right. So it, it's, it's a little, but the Canes are behind it. There's no question about it. Uh, you can uh, you have Don Wandell out. You can ask him after me. You know what? I'll ask him. I'll ask him after <laughs> That's what I'll do. Tim, as someone who loves to get credit for his ideas, but almost never does, can you help me out here? Did the NHL send you a thank you card for the upcoming uh, outdoor games in New Jersey next February, where we'll have the Flyers and Devils on a Saturday, and then the Rangers Islanders on a Sunday? Where, where did they get that idea from? I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. You know, I've heard from, I will say this, I've heard from a ton of club, uh, college and club teams up there already about it. Like, how did you do this? How did you pull it off? You know, I hope they all get on the ice. My honest opinion is I'm not sure they'd ever get the crowd that we got with UNC because there really is something special in the sauce right now in hockey in the Raleigh area. Uh, and obviously when you have NC state UNC that adds yeah. to it, you help. know, I was actually, but uh, Julia, to your, to your point, actually speaking to someone uh, on in the NHL after it, he goes, you know, we've been to Notre Dame, we've been to Michigan, we've been to Fenway. And he goes, those were all cool venues. He goes, this was just an experience like no other. And he just kept coming back that it was such an experience and it was awesome. And it was like nothing that they had had before. Tim, appreciate the time. Good information on high school hockey here in the area. I think it's great. I think it's cool that the, uh, the, the, the students are supporting it. I think, what was it? Uh, stumbled upon a, a Hawaiian themed night at weight competition center on a, on a random Friday night. Uh, while my kid was practicing over on the red rink. So it's, it's cool. And if the high school kids are behind it, then it's only going to grow from there. So appreciate the time. All right. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Move on. Big thanks to Tim Haley for hanging out with us here on Ovias and Chilio. The high school hockey thing is just really, really cool and exciting. And yet another example of how this town is, is a, is a hockey market. You mentioned Shane Willis. I have a Shane Willis card somewhere in the box of stuff that I have to sift through Joe should should we take that Shane Willis card to Oak City to get it graded how much do you think a Shane Willis card is worth Canes great sentimental value because we were all big fans in 01 and in 02 of course when the Shane Willie magic was working (laughs) so maybe I'll just send it to Mike Solarte who was Shane Willis biggest fan Back in the 850, the buzz. Shane's days. honorary Garner. So, That's you know, true. They're, they're, there's value there for sure. Go That's check true. them out. Oakcitycards.com. They're also in downtown Raleigh. Uh, Weston is your guy. You're going to get true value for your cards. You have to get them graded. He can help you get them graded. He'll help you get the best pro- possible price for your cards. Buy, sell, trade, grade, you name it. They do it. Oak City Cards, oakcitycards.com. Also, if you're like super nice to him, he might let you ride the Dumb and Dumber scooter. That he purchased. That sounds like content. An that sounds like content to me. It does. You and I need to head out there and get that content. It does. That's that's what I'm saying. Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority, also sponsoring us. Mosquito Authority. I use them. You know, we talked about uh, being outside, grilling, hanging out, staycation, that kind of stuff. Well, you don't want mosquitoes to be ruining that. So contact Mosquito Authority. No contracts with Mosquito Authority. Come out. They take care of business. If you like it, keep it rolling. Uh, if not, hey, look. You tried, and uh, no no knock on them, no knock on you. But I've been using Mosquito Authority now for the last couple of years. Great success with it. Can hang out in the backyard. 
with minimal mosquito uh, issues. And I know Pest Authority can also take care of other issues for you as well. Yeah, you don't need a contract because they'll show up and do the work. Mm-hmm. That That's what it comes down to, no matter what, whether it's ants, termites, mice, moisture under the house, any problems up in the attic, you name it. Hayes Lancaster and his crew take care of it. Go check them out at bugsbite.com. We're also on Twitter. It's no mosquito NC. Let's get out of here with some Hey Joe questions. I didn't get any Hey Joe questions about ACC legend Ish Smith. Show. Uh, NBA champion. Now. NBA champion. You know that? That dude's been on 13 teams. 13 I, teams. I did notice that. Yes. 13 <laughs> teams, man. 13. That's insane. I was looking at the stats of the day. Um, or this morning being the other day. Three seasons in Detroit, three seasons in Washington. And then he's had a season in Phoenix, Denver, obviously. Uh, Chicago, Oklahoma City, Houston, the Pelicans, Milwaukee, Memphis, Golden State. Just one season, in, out, in, out, in, out. Now is an NBA champ. You love to see it. All right, let's get to Kevin on Twitter listening to today's show. I think he's referencing Monday's show about the Panthers and coaching in the NFL. If you're saying you can't be the we're going to outwork them kind of coach and succeed, <laughs> then what's up with Brindamore? Is the NHL just different? Now, I, I went back and forth with Kevin on this, and I feel like that's slightly dismissive of what Rod Brindamore is doing. I mean, they clearly have a system. I mean, if you want to nitpick the system, it's a unique system, then you're f- free to do it. I, I feel like when we, when we let's take the, let's strip the sports differences aside, right? Where the NHL really loves, you know, grittiness and hard work and all this other stuff, just like all the other sports, but they present it a little bit more blue collar right? I think. I think Brendan Moore is just dealing with the residuals of Rod the Bod. Like, how many stories do we have about Rod's work ethic? How many times have people made jokes? Man, I bet you Rod could get out there on the ice and still win a couple face-offs if you wanted to. Right? I mean, you hear players even talk about, like, Brett yeah. Burns wanted to work out with Rod. I think that's a residual of it. I don't think it's actually well, what it is. A couple things here. I remember covering the Canes when Rod Brendamore and Marty Jelena were like the only two guys after a game, yeah, you know, on the bikes, working out, getting that lactic acid out of their body. Right. There, so there was something to that, but now everybody is there. Yeah. Everybody's on the bike. Everybody's doing the different exercises at like the whole team. Sure. But it's not just the Canes. That's my whole point. All everybody, everybody does it. The days of like Kevin Hatcher showing up and being 25 pounds overweight <laughs> And not be able being able to skate. Those are long gone. That's long name, gone. That is a name I have not thought about in a long time. And and it gets back to the old Larry Bird quote. <laughs> what did you do in the offseason? Well, I and what do you and what do you do when the season starts? Well, you know, I drank regular beer during the offseason. And then when the season starts, I switched to Miller Light. Yeah. yeah those days are over. Yeah. Like those days are long gone. Everybody works hard, even in hockey. The 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 hallmark though of the canes is the consistency of their effort in the game there mm. there is something to that all right next up we go to owen uh we joked about the south carolina nc state <laughs> tail of the tape <laughs> and i made yeah. it i made a joke about <laughs> well maybe we just go to the house divided bot and then we just from there have this tail of the tape and the house divided bot thanks to owen gave us boise state versus the carolina hurricanes who you got joe in this house divided who would you rather be well with the canes you do have a championship, a tangible you, you do, you do. championship from 06. Right now, you have an identity, but, uh, you know, there's been moments there where it always hasn't been that way. Does, does Do the Carolina Hurricanes have a, an Orange Bowl moment? 
Well, that was the Fiesta. It was a Fiesta Bowl. My bad. The, the Statue of Liberty play. Do they have? Do the Carolina Hurricanes have that? They do not. Do the Carolina Hurricanes <laughs> play on blue ice like it was NHL '93? No, the, they don't. The problem with Boise is their brand has not sustained. No, it hasn't. Right? It hasn't. So I think this one's a tough one. And Brian Murphy could probably give us a better answer. <laughs> he covered Boise forever. He, he did, including he did. the Statue of Liberty game. Ah, uh, ooh. I mean, it has to be the Canes just because where we are currently. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they probably have the same amount of history. Like Boise didn't start getting good until the late nineties or, or relevant in college football. So we don't have the whole, you know, North Carolina state, South Carolina debate mm-hmm. of like having to judge their whole bodies of work. And as you like going back to that 1980 Heisman that you said, we, we can't count, even though I think we should. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I had a couple South Carolina people get in the YouTube mention saying like, well, South Carolina has been kicking North Carolina teams asses they have. in college. And they have. They I, have. And, I, and I pointed that on out. On the regular. On the regular. You go to a Mayo Bowl or a Belk Bowl or whatever. Kickoff, kickoff classics. Mm. Yeah, South Carolina always wins those they games. They do. Always. They do. They'll concuss Russell Wilson. I mean, they, <laughs> these things happen all the time. I'm going to give that to South Carolina, but I still maintain South Carolina really doesn't have a hook. Now, we do have a Boise State, Carolina Hurricanes convergence. Do we not? Let's think about this. Boise State. Who was their offensive coordinator at NC State for the last couple of years? Eli Drinkwitz. Ryan Finley was a quarterback. Right. He came from? Boise State. Do you think Ryan Finley ever attended a Canes game? Yeah, sure. There you go. There's your convergence. There's your convergence. Maybe that house divided bot was Ryan Finley. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it was his suggestion. I don't know. I don't know. We'll get out of here on this from Evan. Who goes number one in the sports writer stuff draft? Red Panda or Springsteen? This is because as I was watching the NBA finals the other night, it was on Monday. This was on Tuesday. Uh, what day is it? It was Monday night that uh, I could hear Red Panda's music in the background. I was like, oh. Denver's not playing, okay? They're bringing out everything to make sure that they win tonight. They got Red Panda's energy in there. And, of course, the timeline immediately fills up with all the sports writers that are hype about Red Panda's music. So Evan has a very valid question. And they, maybe that's our draft. Because you, you and I have been talking about doing a draft this summer or a bracket of something. Maybe there's a, like, cliche sports writer stuff draft. I say Springsteen would be one. Yep. Marriott points would be two. <laughs> then references. If to you Red made Panda. sports writers pick between Marriott points and Springsteen, <laughs> that would be the ultimate Sophie's choice. You still working those Marriott points? I still have Marriott points. I mean, they yeah they combine with everybody else. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like uh, one big bonanza. As uh, as Andrew Carter pointed out to me last night, Springsteen never gave him a free night at a hotel. <laughs> So Marriott points are going to be the thing that wins. All right. So we got law of the wolf launching this week, right? We do Thursday. Okay. Kevin Keats, Kevin Keats, first guest, went over to Oakwood pizza box, made some pizza, a little pizza with my peeps segment. Smell that coming. Are you going to be okay without me Thursday and next week? Yeah. We'll make it make it work. <laughs> we got golf. Oh boy. The golfers will be yeah, I guess you get the US Open and I guess you have uh government interference looking into the whole Saudi investment into the PGA too. I mean whatever. It's whatever. Anyway, we will uh we will see you all later in the week. Thanks to everybody who has uh rated, subscribed, followed all the ways in which you can help out this uh this podcast and YouTube. 
Uh, hitting likes on the YouTube videos obviously works. Uh, rating it on your podcast platform obviously works. You know, we're, we're seeing the, the the slow climb of ratings on Apple, which is great. I'd like to get that thing over a thousand. We're at a five star, steady five star. That's great. And slowly but surely, you know, growing that YouTube base too as we figure that out. So again, thanks to everybody who's done that so far. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.